0: All right, good morning, everyone. It's good to see uh, all of your faces here today. Um, we have uh, someone special with us today. His name's uh, Kevin Qualls. Uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, history background, like who is this God that's uh, going to be uh, speaking to us, not at us today, right? Just to us, right, this morning. Um, Kevin, he is president of Christian Adoption Services. Um, He was a pastor in North Carolina and South Carolina, different churches for over 22 years or so. He's a graduate of Gardner-Webb with a uh, business degree, is that right? And then an MDiv from uh, Southeastern, married to Kim, who's not with us today, and then three teenagers at home, so much prayers for you, for sure. Um, here's how I know Kevin so years ago I was attending a church uh, by the name of Apex Baptist Church and the head pastor there was Phil Qualls. Uh, Phil Qualls is one of uh, the greatest men who's ever lived in my opinion Uh, just a phenomenal representative of Jesus a godly man and in my opinion the the best pastor I've ever been around Uh, just his skill and talent and experience and gifting just off the chart. If I could have 10% of the, the ministry at the end of my life that he has, I will actually die very happy. Uh, but so Kevin is uh, Phil's son, and so he's here with us today and going to be sharing on what I think is an important uh, topic, and that is uh, adoption. Christian adoption, that we know that there are many children in the world uh, in dire need of a good mom, a good dad, a good home, and so I think it's something for us to be encouraged, inspired by. You never know how God will work on our individual hearts, Uh, but beyond that, also to, to take truth from God's Word about what adoption is, and then to share it with others at work, at school, at play, in our family, wherever it may be, to be stewards of this truth, and to further uh, adoption in this world, uh, I would dare say, and I don't want to take any of your thunder, uh, but that there, there may not be anything else on the planet that reflects the gospel of Jesus Christ like adoption. I mean, it is exactly what God has done for us. He took a bunch of sinners, and he cleanses us by faith through Jesus and then adopts us into his family. And so it's a beautiful display of the gospel of grace that uh, so changes our world for the better. So I'm going to pray for Kevin um, and pray for our time together this morning, okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for today, for all of your blessings, for all of your goodness. Like we just sang, you are a good, good father. And, Lord, I thank you that we can call you father That you're not some distant deity way out there, but that you are a Father who calls us home, Lord. And that you would take all of us who are born into this desperate plight of sin and rebellion against you. And that you made a way for us to be transformed into sinners, into children of the Most High God. And so, Lord, I ask now that you would uh, communicate to our hearts, that you would give us ears to hear, Lord, not just that you would speak supernaturally through Kevin, but, Lord, that you would give us supernatural hearing and that it would, that this truth would get implanted in our hearts and that we would be encouraged by the word and maybe potentially even inspired by it, Lord, that it would change us and that uh, this would be just one step toward you conforming this world into what it is that you desire it to be. And, Lord, I do now pray for all these children that are out there, Lord, that I pray that they would come into this world. And I pray, Lord, that you would have a home, a Christian home prepared for them in advance. Lord, so many children uh, don't even get the opportunity to come into this world. And, uh, Lord, I I ask that you would change that. And, Lord, I pray that many, many people would step up uh, for whatever reason, that would step up, Lord, and that would open up their home to uh, this life that has been made in your image and of which you have good plans for. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Rick, for that kind introduction. And uh, it's neat how life brings us all together. And uh, I've heard so much, so many good things about your pastor. And my dad, you know, uh, has hired a lot of good folks along the years and still pastoring even to this day. And um, I know my brother-in-law, Matt Rice, I think some of y'all may remember him. He was here several months ago and uh, brought the word. He's over in Cary, and uh, he married my sister. And uh, I think all of those guys were serving on staff together with my dad at Apex Baptist Church. I just missed that fun time. I had uh, gotten to seminary, graduated in the 96, and then I took off to South Carolina and was down there for almost 10 years serving in different churches, and uh, the Lord is really blessed. But I'm so, so thankful to be here with you guys today, and I've heard so many good things about Anthem Church and the impact you guys are making uh, in the Andrew, greater Andrew area. And so when I think of Andrew, I think uh, there are several things that pop in my mind growing up in Apex, all right? First of all, is was Apex High School, so Harnett Central, right? That's close, all right? I remember that. And then, was there some type of um, outlet that you got nice, like Alexander Julian shirts? Do y'all, anybody remember that? So, where, was it in this area? Yeah. Half a mile down the road. I remember my parents driving me over to Andrew and, you know, they said, we're not going to buy them in belt, but we'll get you some of those Alexander Julian colors or some shirts way back when, uh, back then. So, uh, anyway, but it's good to be back, Uh, good to be here. I'm going to spend some time with my dad um later on today and uh, excited to see him and uh, god's really blessed him thank you some of of you are aware that my mom passed away um, back in january and that's been it's been tough she was 67 and uh, that's been something our families had to walk through and i know um you know some of you've had to deal with that personally in your life too and it is difficult it's tough but god sustains us and we go one day at a time and uh, certainly, I know my mom knew the Lord, and to be reunited with her one day is a blessing as well. So, uh, again, thanks for allowing me to come, Rick. Pastor Rick, thank you for allowing me to be here today. Looking forward to the message God has in store for us. You know, uh, my comfort zone is kind of neat. I will tell you a little bit about how I arrived here. You may say, well, you're a pastor for 22 years. What in the world are you doing with an adoption ministry? And by the way, uh, Tony and Christy Robinson, some of you know those folks. Uh, they're not here today. Christy texted me. Your grandmother passed away. Um, but they're adopting through our ministry, and so I've gotten to get to know them. So that's kind of an extension of your ministry here um, at Anthem. And uh, but they're great folks, and hopefully in the next uh, few weeks, month or so, uh, they're going to be having filling. You know, you got a lot of kids running around here, right? I saw that. Uh, hopefully, a nursery have another little baby uh, there, and uh, so continue to be praying for them. But I've really enjoyed getting to know them, and so thankful they've connected in uh here uh with you guys here at Anthem church but uh yeah it's kind of been a neat uh connection and i'll say this if you don't get anything else out of the message today there's one statement you need to remember is god calls you to do something you're to do it that's called obedience by the way all right god calls you to do something no matter what it is you better listen and you better obey and do it and so it was it was neat i was at first baptist charlotte some of you been to charlotte um, I, was in, I was associate pastor there for four years and serving as uh, doing well, just enjoying the ministry. Um, had been in Charlotte for 10 years. I was at a, a campus uh, plant uh, for First Baptist Indian Trail prior to that, and I was real neat to be a part of that. And then God called me to First Baptist Charlotte right in the middle. I mean, when I say, so think about Pan, any of y'all Panthers fans, we're like six blocks from Panthers Stadium. Three blocks from the Hornets. We're not really proud of that. Yeah, they ain't done too good, you know, all right? But NASCAR Hall of Fame, we were like a block away from that. So if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. So that's where we were. That's where I was serving. And um, someone on the board of directors who knew me from seminary now, way back when, was on the board of directors at Christian Adoption Services and called me and said, Look, our founder is re- retiring, 38 years, 37 years retiring we're looking to restructure the whole ministry. He was the executive director. We want to hire a president, and the president hire an executive director. And this president hopefully can focus and get out and connect with churches, build awareness of adoption, because our executive director is so busy on the social work, the inside of what we're doing, we're not really getting out in the community and spreading the word. And so we've got this vision to hire a president and go forth. And, and I think you'd be a good, you know, have an opportunity to be the president because I think you'd be a good fit. And I was like, hold the phone. I said, uh, or he said, are you interested? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm not interested. I said, my comfort zone, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a preacher. I've been twenty-two ten years as a senior pastor to that point, youth position, associate pastors. And so I said, nah, I'm not real interested in that. I've got three teenagers, um, biological, right? And uh so not don't know much about adoption other than the families that have adopted and the churches I've served. He said, well, let me just send you over the job description. You look at it and just tell me what you think. So I looked at it. sent it over. This was around Christmas of 2015. And I looked at it. I was like, wow, it's kind of intriguing. It was a little intriguing to me of kind of what they were looking for. And I thought some of what they were looking for kind of matched some of the giftedness I felt like the Lord had given me. And so I began to pray about it. I shared with my wife, and she just was like, Kevin, listen, if God's called us to do it, we'll do it. And I'm so thankful for Godly Wife. It was so encouraging to just be open. And so we began to really pray about it. I won't bore you with the long story, but over a couple of months, we, I just began to open up. I put a resume together, which I didn't have a resume, you know, ready. I was happy where I was. And at the end of a couple of months, the Lord culminated all that with a big interview with the board. And ultimately, they said, you're the guy. And I was like, okay, they offered me the position. Now, I said, that's as real as it gets at that point. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is real. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. I've served in church ministry for 22 years. God's calling me to a nonprofit, right, nonprofit, out of church ministry and, you know, into adoption, which I know nothing about. And I just said, Lord, if you, if you call me, and, and, and he did, but if you call me, then you've got to equip me. You've got to help me. And that's exactly what happened. So I accepted the call, resigned my position at First Baptist Church Charlotte. Some of you have heard of Mark Harris. Mark was my pastor. Um, And, you know, so that was a difficult conversation. I remember going to his office and saying, Pastor, I'm resigning and not going to another church, but I'm going to lead this, this new mini- this ministry in the uh, Charlotte area, Christian Adoption Service. So encouraging to me. They're a partner church of ours, blessing there at First Baptist Charlotte. But it was tough. And so, man, it's been this big learning curve. So uh, that happened in March of 2016. So here we are almost a year and a half later. And uh, I'm so thankful looking back and to say, man, God is good. And it's been so rewarding. You know, somebody said, "Kevin, well, you're leaving the ministry." I was like, "No, hold on. I'm not leaving the ministry. I'm leaving church-specific ministry." But I can tell you, this ministry is amazing. It's making such an impact in families' lives, in children's lives, and our birth moms' lives here and all around the world. And, and it's basically what I've kind of, Lord's kind of taught me is I'm pastoring this ministry. I'm pastoring Christian Adoption Service. We have 25 employees all over the state, some right here near you guys here in the Raleigh area, um, but all over the state. And we have two offices, one in Charlotte, Matthews, and then one over in Rocky Mounts. I mean, you know where that is. So we cover the whole state, and that's very important because a birth mom calls someone who's pregnant that's in need. We're going to be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Carry those phones, ready to go to minister these ladies who are in need. And so... From my perspective, it's so rewarding because when you can take a child that's in a very dark situation, spiritually, physically, and place with a Christian family, uh, you up the likelihood of that child coming to know Christ. And that's what we're about. We're very kingdom building on all fronts. Our mission statement is very clear: is to build God's kingdom by connecting vulnerable children with Christian families. And we are laser focused on that ministry and mission of what God has called us to do. So. Super rewarding, so thankful God's called me to be a part of it. If you'd asked me two years ago, I'd have said there's no way in heck, but I can tell you God is good and goes back to that statement I said, if God calls you to do something, you're to be obedient to that. So I'm excited to share with you today from an awesome text. Um, today's message is entitled, Adopted into the Kingdom. Adopted in the Kingdom. And just four verses, we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 6. I think I'll have it on the screen. You can follow along, take some notes as well. Just three truths I'm going to share with you today from this text. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. It's an incredible scripture that Pastor Rick already touched on a little bit about adoption and the gospel. But let's look at that text together in Ephesians 1. We'll look at uh, beginning in verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without uh, blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Let's look at this text, and we're going to break it down into three truths today. And really, hopefully, as you leave here today, you're going to be challenged in really an amazing way about adoption. And by the way, let me say this up front. Everybody's saying, everybody's a little nervous saying, well, am I going to have to adopt, you know, before I leave today? No. I don't believe God has called everybody to adopt. We haven't adopted. God has not called everybody to adopt. But the, the end statement I'll share at the very end, and I'll go ahead and give you a preview of it, is this. God has called everybody to be involved in this issue. And the Bible is going to point that out to you. It's not me. The Bible is going to show you that if you're a Christ follower, God has called every one of us to be involved in this issue. Not everybody's called to adopt, but everybody's called to be involved in this issue. Let's look at the first uh, truth, and it's found in verse 3. The first truth is this. When we think about adopted in the kingdom, number one, we are all spiritually blessed through Christ. We are all spiritually blessed through Christ. If you're a Christ follower today, right, you're going to heaven, love the Lord, You've been blessed by Christ, spiritually blessed. Look at the text, what it says. And this is a, verse 3 is a a great verse, and it's real interesting. You know, uh, I've studied the Bible for many years. When, when I was always taught by dad, especially younger, and then ultimately in seminary, that if you see a word or two mentioned, the same word mentioned in a very short amount of time, it's like light bulb moment pay attention god's trying to get our attention so that we can understand what's going on well check out verse three there's one word used basically three times in one verse and that's like pay attention here pay attention look at it again blessed blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who is what blessed us with what every spiritual blessing pay attention what's the lord trying to get across to us here about this well First of all, we talk about blessing. If we were to go around the room today and we start with Rick, Pastor Rick, come on the way around and said this, how are you blessed today? Give me one blessing. Man, it'd be, we can have a little celebrating, right? I mean, we've all been blessed, right? And and it wouldn't all necessarily be about Christ. Certainly all of us could share that, but it could be other blessings, right? What are some other blessings that we've been blessed by? It could be relationship blessings, right? It could be, you know, the blessings of health. It could be financial blessings, right? The list just goes on and on and on and on, right? But, but the Lord wants us to remember something here that amongst all the blessings you could ever name in your life, and there's, right? I remember that song. Anybody grow up in Southern Baptist Church? Count, I can't sing. Count the blessings named them one by one. Y'all remember that? All right. All right. Lots of blessings, right? Yeah. The biggest blessing that any of us, can or will ever receive is a ble- the blessing of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the biggest blessing we can ever see, And the Lord wants, us to, rem- wants to be- us to be reminded of that in this situation because sometimes I think we can confuse that, that word or water it down today and, and, and talk about other things. And the biggest blessing, the biggest blessing that we will ever receive because ultimately Christ loves us. I mean, the Bible talks about God is love. We'll talk about that in a second. But that that God desires for all people to be saved. And so as we respond to God, when we're convicted by the Lord and we respond to that, then ultimately we repent of our sins and hopefully come to a saving relationship uh, with Jesus Christ because of his grace and love for us. Then we become blessed, that spiritual blessing that we all desire, hopefully desire to have, and are living today, that we've been blessed, spiritually blessed, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and God wants us to remember that. That verse 3 is all about that. Blessed, blessing, blessed. He, we are blessed through Jesus Christ. And what was accomplished on the cross, an empty tomb, 2,000 years ago. Second truth. We go on to the next verse, so we see that not only are we, if we're a Christ follower, that we're spiritually blessed through Christ, but secondly, through love, God made a choice to redeem us. All right? Through love, God made a choice to redeem us. Look at verse 4. It goes on to say, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, and here's the key word, in love. Right? Through love, God made a choice to redeem us. I mean, the Bible talks about love, and it talks about it in a lot of ways. Number one, it says God is love, right? So it starts and ends there. God is love. And and as as what Christ went through on the cross for us, it was love for you and I that kept Him on that cross. If we were the only people living on the planet today, He still would have died for you. Nothing would have changed on the cross because He loves us that much. It wasn't about a quantity of people. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me that much that he was willing to die for you and me. And that's love. I mean, that's unconditional love. Now, the Bible gives us glimpses of this a little bit, of of trying to understand God's love. I don't think in our human bodies, the sin nature that we have, even though we're redeemed and we're going to heaven, if you're a Christ follower, I don't think we quite get a 100% accurate picture of how much God loves you. I just don't think in a sinful, fallen body that we can completely get it. But when we stand before God, we're going to get it. 100% of how much God loves us. He does give us glimpses of it, though. Um, for example, he talks about um, marriage. Number one, he talks about it from Jesus. Um, you know, we're the bride of Christ. He reflects that. But also a godly marriage. If you, if hopefully, if you're married today, you're in a, a marriage that's pleasing to the Lord. But God gives us a picture of a glimpse, just a tiny glimpse of what that love can look like between a a godly husband and a godly wife. And and that's important. But again, these are glimpses. But we see here that the, the the ultimate picture of that love is when God sent His one and only Son to die on a cross so that we could have eternal life. Through love, God made a choice to redeem us. Now, that's another word that we really mess up today in our lingo that we talk about. How many... You know, I cut through, I was cutting through all kinds of, uh, coming from Matthew, Charlotte area, GPS took me all through the country. I learned a lot of roads today. I I went through Bisco, I don't know if you heard of that, Troy, Carthage, Albemarle, um, Sanford I knew, because I was up here in Apex. Um, But, you know, I I was thinking, I was looking for one of those hot now Krispy Kreme signs, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever... (laughs) That those are good. And by the way, y'all know there's eclipse coming out. Y'all, y'all got the app. The, the thing's coming out. They're making just this is preview for you on the weekend before the eclipse. They're changing the glaze to a chocolate glaze, like an eclipse, to cover the. Anyway, y'all need to try it out that weekend. But have you ever said? Have you ever thought when you rode by Krispy Kreme and the sign, the hot now sign was on? I love Krispy Kreme. Anybody ever thought that? Anybody? I know I have. I was kind of looking for it today. But then some of us, it's not just about food. We can transfer it to sports teams. Football season's coming up, right? Basketball. Listen, I'm a huge Tar Heel fan, right, baby? There we go. Got that. All right? Yeah, I know it. It stirs it. Let me give you a funny story there. God has a sense of humor. I'm going to tell you that. And as Pastor Rick says, certainly you pray for teenagers. But one of the most stressful things, I think, well, there's a lot of stresses with children. Um, But with teenagers, of course, the driving, I've got two driving, one getting ready, got a permit. All right, so that's a mess uh, just in itself. But college choices, oh, my goodness. My oldest just graduated from high school. And so going through that whole process is, is tough, just taking the pressure of the test, the SATs and all that, visiting schools and, and all that. And so, you know, it's been interesting, my daughter, Emma, she's my oldest, um, you know, going through that process. So I want to tell you, God has a sense of humor because out of all the schools she, she went and visited and looked at, guess where she's going? NC State. Yes, can you believe that? <laughs> my dad is about to die over that. And because uh, we're diehard Tar Heel fans, I'm just saying God has a sense of humor, you know. It's so funny to think about that. But how many times have you said, I love the Tar Heels, or I love the Wolfpack, or I love the Panthers, or whatever. And, and truly, we really don't, like, you know, when we look at what God is talking about, and we understand God is love, certainly we have strong light uh, for these teams and, and for other things. But God wants us to understand from an unconditional love standpoint, He loves you and I that much, all right. He is, God is love. And because of that love, he made a choice, an amazing choice, to redeem us. God loves all. The, the worst enemy on the planet of God, I'm going to tell you, God loves that person as much as he loves you and I sitting in here right now. That's amazing love. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? But God loves all people the exact same. I love that, and I'm thankful for that God loves me despite my failures and Um, things that I mess up on. Now, let's look at the the next truth. And so we go from verse 3, that we're all spiritually blessed. Again, if you have a relationship with Christ, we're spiritually blessed through Christ. Secondly, that we are through love, that God made a choice to redeem us and understand his great love. But then the third truth, and it's found in verses 5 through 6, is this, that as a Christ follower, you've been adopted by Jesus into the kingdom. Now, that may be a revolutionary truth for you this morning that you may have never thought about. I can tell you, as a senior pastor for 10 years, and you know going to seminary and, and, and being in churches this whole time, I've never really thought about it that way. I mean, I understood it, don't get me wrong, from a theological concept, but I never really thought about it that Kevin Qualls has been adopted. That's what the Word says, by the way. Let's look at the text. It goes on in verse 5, says, Having predestined us, and here's that word, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. God adopted us. Think about this picture, because it's an amazing theological concept to walk out of here today with. God is our Father. We've all talked about that, right? God is our Father. We are his children. Then you combine over to Romans 6.23. What does Romans 6.23 says? For the wages of sin is death. Basically what it's saying is we don't deserve to go to heaven. None of us deserve to go to heaven. But because of what God did through sending his son Jesus Christ, he adopted us. He gives us opportunity to be in heaven with him forever and ever. Now that's a pretty cool concept to think about. That we've been, you and I, if you're a Christ father today, you've been adopted already. You've been adopted by God. Now the cool part of that is, when you can take that theological concept, that theological truth, that theological nugget, I've been adopted by God. Then you flip over to James one twenty seven. you can look at that later, but James one twenty seven is a powerful scripture. Some of you know it. And what does it say? It talks about... Our responsibility as a Christ follower is to do what? To care for those who can't care for themselves. It talks about caring for the widows and orphans, James one so, twenty-seven. So take those two independent thoughts for a second. You've been adopted by God. If you're a Christ follower, you've been adopted by God. You're a child of God. God is our Father. He adopted us. We didn't deserve to be there, but He adopted us. Then you go over to James one twenty-seven as a Christ follower and God tells us in James one twenty seven that our duty, our duty is to care for those who can't care for themselves. And he calls out specifically widows and orphans, all right? So when you take that, that's our call, that's our duty. And then you combine those two truths. I've been adopted by God spiritually, and God has called me to care for those who can't care for themselves. It is a, it is a call to action by God's people to step up to this worldwide epidemic of how we can minister to children who are in need. And you may say, well, how big, a, how big a problem is this, Kevin? Let me tell you how big an issue this is. Get ready. This is a big number. There are 165 million orphans worldwide today. That's a big number, isn't it? 165 million children... Who are in need today. That don't have a home. Don't have a mom or dad. I believe. The church is the answer to this problem. God's people are the answer to this issue. And to how are we going to be involved. And it goes back to what I said earlier. How can we be involved in this issue. It is a gospel issue. What are we going to do about it? It's a, it's a huge it's a huge number. Now, one of the things I struggle with was when I was praying through this big decision of leaving church ministry after 22 years and jumping into this world of adoption, which I knew nothing about. I'm a logical thinker. I don't know if you're a logical thinkers. You know, when you're making decisions, you check off the pros, the cons, and you look at it and say, All right, what's what's going on here? One of the struggles I had was the question, of, uh, the question I have. Kevin, how can you go and be the lead, the president of a ministry, and you've not adopted? I thought that was a valid question. I mean, I was you know, internally thinking, how can I go preach? How can I go talk? How can I talk with families? How can, you know, how can I do this, do my job that, that this was requiring? And I've never adopted, and so I just threw that back at God. I was like, "Lord, that's a pretty doggone valid question. Um, what do you have to say about that?" <laughs> you know, because uh, we were kind of, we're, you know, my wife and I are 46 now. So I was think, I was, th- was kind of thinking, is he going to say, well, "Well, there's a baby right here. Let's go," <laughs> you know, uh, to do that. But here, here, here was God's answer to me after praying about this a couple of days, and it's a pretty, pretty neat story. Let me share this with you as we kind of move toward a close here the the in 2004 so I've been married 22 years now Um, married a girl from Gardner-Webb who lives in Charlotte she's a nurse um, in the Charlotte area now and in 2004 her father was 55 years old and diagnosed with terminal liver cancer which was tough all right 55 is young I'm 46. I'm thinking I was very young, you know. But 55 years old, diagnosed with terminal liver cancer. At the time, Kim had a younger brother who was 16 and a younger sister who was 11. And so my father-in-law's wishes, his retirement dream, he fast-forwarded and moved it up, was to move to the beach. And so they had kind of been preparing for that but it obviously happened earlier than they were wanting to do. So they put their house for sale in Charlotte, and they moved down to Surfside Beach, South Carolina. Some of you might know where that is, right near Myrtle Beach, Garden City. Moved down there, sold their house, moved down there. He lived down there. He made it about three months before he went on to be with the Lord. And so they ended up, Kim's mother and the children, 16 Rodney and 11 Grace, stayed in Myrtle Beach. Okay, now fast forward with me, that was 2004, five years later is 2009, senior pastor of a campus church in Indian Trail, and my kids are small, small, Um, I think Emma was, gosh, Emma was like 10, Stephen was like 8, and Ben was like 5, 6, something like that, 6, 7, and so um, Kim's mother calls Kim on the phone, her name's Carol, she calls Kim and says, listen, Grace is now 16, okay? Rodney has moved out of the house since uh, school about to finish and get married, and says, "I have a problem. I need your help." Grace has gotten out of control. She's a junior in high school, Myrtle Beach. I mean, you kind of imagine a Myrtle Beach scene trying to raise up being a single mom trying to raise children in Myrtle Beach. It was difficult. And Grace was making some bad choices. And so she said, "Can you come, just pick her up?" and bring her back to Charlotte for a week until we figure some things out. We're like, yes, absolutely. So I got in a car on a Saturday night, drove down, met her at her work, and her mom met me before that, gave me some clothes, kind of, you know, we surprised. I picked her up said, hey, you're going back to Charlotte with me for a week. She's like, great, I miss school. This will be fun. Let's go. And so I picked her up, brought her back to Charlotte, so she hung out with me. She had kind of uh, hang out with the pastor all week, right? Got to go around me visiting and doing all the things that I do. And so at the end of that week, so during that week, there were some things they, they, that her mother and uh, Kim's other sister found out, some other things that were happening that were not good for Grace, that were happening, just social media they undercover, went and found some stuff, and won't get into all the details of that, but it was not good. And so they made the, we all made the decision, and Kim's mother made the decision that she didn't need to be at Myrtle Beach anymore, and that we stepped up and said we're going to take care of her so it kind of went like this y'all kind of imagine junior in high school how that might go myrtle beach we have a big powwow everybody comes to our house we had this little i was the pastor so kind of had a little sermon you can't have you got to have a little sermon you know we didn't pass off from plate or anything like that but i've had a little sermon had a little video and it ended like this here's what it said it said grace because of your choices there are, there are consequences to bad choices, and because of the bad choices you made, here are the consequences and It ended with like this: you will be permanently moving in with us and will graduate high school up here. How do y'all think that went? <laughs> you ever seen a cat backed into a corner? you know what I'm talking about yeah that's basically how it went grace uh. She pointed at me, basically, and then when that reaction was tears, and looked at me and said, I hate you, and ran upstairs, slammed the door. And it was like a funeral in our house for weeks. I mean, it was bad. Now, my kids were a lot smaller. They are a lot smaller. It changed the whole dynamic. But we were committed to helping Grace. She was making bad choices, and she wasn't in a stable environment, and and we were committed. And so... Long story short on that, she ended up staying with us two years. It was a couple of months that we stripped her of everything. She had no car, no phone. Everything was mine. I mean, it was gone. And over a period of months, she ended up going to the school where my kids were, which we had in a private Christian school with First Baptist Indian Trail. Entered her there. She ended up getting a job at Chick-fil-A. I mean, started restoring some of her, um, you know, things that, that, that were important to her. She There was a repentance that she went through, which was important from a spiritual standpoint. She was going to church with us every Sunday, and ultimately, uh, she graduated in May of 2011, like two years later, and um, went to college and just finished up in May, this May. She took the the longer route here on the college deal and um, got a radiology tech degree, and so now she's working in a hospital in Columbia, South Carolina I'm um, in the radiology department. And so here's the deal. So as I, that all happened. That was 2011 when she graduated and life got back to a little bit of normal in our house. And so let me tell you what happened. So Grace looks at me. How do you think she looks at me today? Like her adopted father. My children are her brothers and sisters instead of she's the aunt. Kim is like her adopted mother. She's still, mother's still living, but that two years are just pouring in. It gives opportunity. And so here, here's what happened. The Lord, I would forgot about that. Like, I mean, not forgot about it, but I hadn't connected the dots. And so when I was asking that question, Lord, how can I lead a ministry and I've never adopted? The Lord reminded me and said, Kevin, you have. Gives chills thinking about it. You have. You've adopted grace. She looks at you as your, her adopted father. And I was like, oh, Lord, thank you. I said, you prepared me, and it, you knew what was coming. Five years later, you knew this opportunity after Grace graduated in 2011. You knew what was coming, that Christian Adoption Services was going to need somebody, and they were going to call me, and the way that thing was going to play out. And you gave me my story five years before. In that neat how God prepares us, year, sometimes years in advance for what he has in store for us, and we just got to be faithful, not knowing all that's going to happen, but just be faithful to him and what he's called us to do. And I'm so thankful for that. And that was just neat to see how God had given me my adoption story there. And so I just wanted to share that with you because it's so awesome to think about. And, and really, let me tell you what it does. There's no guarantees, by the way. See, here, here's the story of adoption. Children during need are on a dark path, right? Dysfunction, total dysfunction over here, on their own, don't know any better, right? Some may be older, some may be young, and don't they have no, really don't know any better, you know, as far as babies, but they're in tough situation but when you can take a child that's in a difficult situation spiritually physically all that emotionally and you place them in a christian home you give them opportunity there's no guarantees by the way I have three children that have been in a pastor's home for you know a whole life there's no guarantees but it gives them opportunity and that's what happened with grace grace received opportunity and ultimately came to conviction, repentance, and has gotten her life right with the Lord. And I'm very proud of her. But that's the story of adoption. That is adoption in a nutshell of giving these children opportunity for success. No guarantees, but opportunity. Because what we do is, uh, as we work with these families and children, from a missional standpoint, let me tell you about that for a second. So our mission, I told you, is to build God's kingdom by connecting vulnerable children with Christian families. So we're laser focused on it. Let me tell you how that works. If a family comes to us and they don't have a Christian testimony, they don't get a letter from their pastor, I mean, all these things we require, we don't work with them. We're unapologetic about that. Because we see, again, at the end of the day, we're talking about eternal life for these children. So it is imperative to us. We don't go do an FBI investigation. We're not spying in your window. But we, you know, there are things that we need, that we require, that you love the Lord, and you're going to raise this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as the Bible says. So we do due diligence on that side. We just don't let anybody adopt, by the way. So that's what we're looking for. And so that's number one. Number two, obviously, the children... We believe, again, these children that are at their place in a Christian home, as I already said, it ups the likelihood of them coming to know Christ. No guarantees, but that. So that's second on the mission. And then third, the birth moms we work with, guys, it is dysfunction to the highest degree of, of, of situations. The worst of the worst situations you can imagine, we are working with these ladies. Right here in your area, all across the state of North Carolina. And we counted a privilege to share Christ with them. We're not just there when they have the baby and say, thank you very much, God bless you. If you get pregnant again, call us. We're working with this mom for years to come and, a, and continuing to counsel and, and to help and intervene. To the point of, and since I've been a part of CAS, we had eight give their life to Christ. So we don't talk mission. We live mission on all fronts, whether it be birth moms, our families, and obviously our children. And so that's, that's so important. So you may say, kind of, kind of wrapping up, the biggest need that C- I call it CAS, Christian Adoption Services, has is this. is prayer. Your commitment as Anthem Church to say, this is, a, this is an awesome ministry that's making a difference in so many families' lives and children's lives and the birth moms that I want to come alongside and pray. Because I believe in spiritual warfare. I've been around it. I've seen it in the churches I've been pastor of. But I can tell you the evil one does not like what we're doing at all. I mean, again, think about it. You take a child that's in a dark situation, placed in a Christian home, that child comes to know Christ. The birth mom ministry that we have as well, working with these birth moms, the evil one doesn't like it. And so we come up against a lot of different things, and I can see it pretty clearly. We need prayer support. That's the biggest thing, just praying for our ministry. Praying God will protect our workers as they're out there. Pray God protect our ministry in an amazing way. And then God may be calling, I mean, and from a support standpoint, beside that's number one though. Prayer support's number one. But God may be calling someone, some of you to to adopt. And 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 you know, you gotta think about that. As God called you and then God's timing. And we'd love to talk to you about that opportunity if you if you feel that that God may be leading. And typically, let me tell you the way it works with our with our um, the way God calls people to adopt. So we have info meetings. Um, matter of fact, we're having one this week in Fuqua, Arena, which is not far from y'all on a Thursday night. So all of you guys will be invited to come and hear more about us. An hour and a half, a real good presentation about international and domestic adoption. But it's funny as these folks come in. So it's the couples, no kids, and the couples come in. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And The wife is like, Hey, how are you? You know, done all the research and excited about it. And then the husband's like, uh, "How much is this gonna cost? And how long? <laughs> you know, how long does it take?" It's so funny to see that. I mean, it really is funny to see that <laughs> that dynamic of of what's going on. But uh, but if God's called you, there, there's couples. I believe again, it goes back to the, the church is the answer to this issue. If God's called you to explore this, we want to talk to you about it because God's all over our ministry, and we need good Christian families who love the Lord that want to make a difference in a child's life. So that's also important. And you may, some of you may say, well, you know, we kind of past that age of adoption. Don't, don't think we want any more children in our home. But, yeah, you can still be involved. You can still be involved through your prayers, but also supporting others that God may be called to adopt. We have this neat fund we just established. The, the founders were Jim and Doris Woodward, and they had served for 37 years in this ministry and retired. We established just uh, six months ago something called the Woodward Fund. We named it in their honor. And that money, if you give to the Woodward Fund, directly goes to a family like Tony and Christy who have a need and directly drops their price of what the cost of adoption is. And so there's so many ways to be involved, but I'm so excited to, to connect with you guys. And ultimately, I, you know, I want us to be a partner church in some way. If it's just prayer, that's fine. But, I, but knowing that we're having partner churches that believe in what we do and will stand by us and say, we believe in what you do. We want to support you. We're going to pray for you. That means the world to us and to what we do. So thank you for allowing me to share. I want to show this closing video. This is going to give you a quick glimpse into who we are. Just two quick stories, and I'll come and wrap us up by prayer. Let's show the video. As God's children, the Bible teaches that we are all adopted by God. When you combine that truth with James one twenty seven of our call to care for orphans, we're not just providing a service but we're living out the gospel and making an eternal difference in a child's life. Our daughter smiles all the time. Like, she just loves to smile. And what's really neat is that we can see our birth mother's characteristics in her, and it just is a reminder to us that this gift that the Lord gave us through our birth mother is... Unreal. One of the most awesome things about Callie is the outfits
0: <laughs> that she wears.
1: <laughs> we, were so, we were so blessed with so many uh, donations and clothing items that every day she comes out of her room with a new ensemble. We do come alongside of women who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and help inform them of the option of adoption. The moment that I found out I was pregnant, I was just in complete and total shock. I contacted CAS, and within two days, Jennifer and Cheryl were at my house. You know, I made the executive decision that adoption was the answer for me it was the answer for this child because I wanted her to have the life that I didn't. I wanted her to have two loving parents who were in church and that they could give her the things that I couldn't. After I met Erica and Neil, I had never been more confident of my decision. God is love. And so as a way to show that love. You know, we're called to care for widows and orphans. We're called to care for the people around us and this is just a way that we can do that. Erica and Neil are more than friends to me. They are my family. I'm the one that is genuinely thankful that
0: I was able to bless them with Olivia.
1: We were getting ready to go on a mission trip to Kenya. And I remember I emailed CAS and I said, listen, I said, "Um, we're gonna be out of town for 10 days. While we were serving in Kenya, that's when Typhoon Haiyan hit and destroyed 90% of the city that Callie lives in. And we had no idea. So that whole time that we were gone, um, she was missing and also found safe. Christmas of Services was there and they kept us updated. When we got back from our trip, um, they were the first ones to contact us wow, how awesome was it to find out that she was, she was okay. The nice thing about adopting through CAS, they know exactly what you're going to need for your adoption because they've done it for so long. I think throughout this entire process, they love this child almost as much as you do, and that's something that is just irreplaceable. domestic story you saw the baby that was a baby born here in North Carolina and by the way all of our babies are domestic are born right here somewhere in the state of North Carolina and then Cali uh, was a Philippines adoption and so those are children international are children that are two all the way up to 17 these children are in orphanages right now and there's a table outside you can see I brought a few of the children that are sitting in orphanages right now that are waiting for a Christian home. But international, we're with China, Philippines, Czech Republic, and these are children that are sitting in orphanages that f- people that uh, decide to adopt, again, we're not talking babies, but 2 to 17, they can actually pick and say, we want to make a difference in that child's life and have their name, as much information as we know about them. And that was Callie who was placed. Um, and the other family that was there first, they are coming back for their second adoption now. They're on our waiting list right now, um, like with Tony and Christy. And they've come back and feel God's let them adopt again. So that's kind of neat as well. But two awesome stories and, uh, again, just how God is is drawing people and uh, blessing our ministry in amazing ways. So I'm going to close this out in prayer. But, again, thank you for allowing me to share today. I pray this has just maybe stirred something in your heart of how you can be involved. And uh, thank you for your prayer support for this ministry. You know, as a pastor for all these years, I've seen so many churches that especially that have Baptist roots that are so connected on the front end of helping and being a part of uh, you know crisis pregnancy centers, you know on the anti-abortion side. And and so that is so important and we are partnering with these agencies all across the state. But where I see a lack of with churches is partnering like with an adoption ministry because we come after the fact, right? We're there on the eternal life side. I believe in life I'm all against stopping abortion, but, and life is life, right? But at the end of the day, eternal life, the difference between heaven and hell, that's where we step in and try our best to connect these children in need with the Christian family. And over the 38 years, I didn't say this, but we have connected to, to over 2,000 children with Christian homes. And so what an amazing uh, history, but I believe the future is bright, and I want to see those numbers go even higher as God calls uh, families, but also enlarges our ministry to connect with even more birth mothers, more families to adopt internationally. So again, when we all get to heaven one day, we're going to be celebrating all God has done and the difference and understanding that spiritual adoption but then those children that were physically adopted, that were uncared for and unloved, but that we stepped in and that you stepped in and loved on. That's God's love. And that's the love of Christ. Thank you for allowing me to share today. I'm going to close in prayer, and then Pastor Rick and the team will come. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege of worship. I thank you for this incredible text in Ephesians 1, Lord, that teaches such rich theological truth about our adoption. And, Lord, my prayer is that every person here that's sitting in this room today has been adopted by you, Father, that, uh, that they would go to heaven. All of us would go to heaven, Lord, if we were to something were to happen to us today. But that we've been adopted by You, and Lord, the the privilege we have to be involved in such a precious issue to You, to care for the vulnerable child. And so, Lord, I pray today that, uh, Lord, Your Holy Spirit has free reign in this place, and Lord, that You've challenged us, and Father, that we'll be moved to action in some sort of way. Lord, whether that be prayer, whether that be to consider adoption, whether it be support in some other way, Lord, but we just thank you for your call on our lives. Thank you for the ministry of Christian Adoption Services. Lord, I thank you for Anthem Church, and I just pray you continue to bless Pastor Rick and the team, Lord, in this church as they continue to make a difference in families and people's lives all throughout this area. To point them to Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word and thank you for this time we can share as we continue to worship. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.